Teamwork. It makes the dreams work. Teamwork. All the time. Okie dokie. Simizoki. <clears throat> we, um, any more questions, Keisha? If you have to stop and go to the bathroom or something, we could do that too. This is conversational. We're just going to ask you to recite the Vedas for us. And One the through first. How many, how many are they? I don't know. <laughs> right. And the first part of the Gita. Gotcha. Just that first part where. You going to make her do all that? Just that first part where they're like fighting and mm-hmm. then there's like more fighting and then they stop fighting. Just to recite that part. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't have time for her. <laughs> 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 Cause y'all know Drake about to have this summer lit. <laughs> oh, this is Drake. This is <laughs> 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 your boyfriend. <laughs> you mean her? I broke up with Drake a long time ago for Ralph Angel. <laughs> If you don't know about the national, this is the second national anthem after Beyonce. This song right here. Oh, because it's uh, Nice for What? Yeah. With Cardi B? See, you know, no, no, oh. not with Cardi B. It's just called Nice for What? Yes. Oh, it's I don't basically know. saying, why, why do you, we have to be nice to these dudes out here when they are like whack? And Drake made this song. Yes, he made it for the women. In the video, there's Tracy Ellis Ross. There's uh, Yara Shahidi. Shahidi. Um, there's several black women in it. It's like black anthem for the black women for the summer. Why are you making that face? Because a black woman should have made it. Get to it. Let's get to this interview. <laughs> you are now listening to the Get Well Podcast. I'm Tanisha Matthews. And I am Kelly Carmody Woods. Let's get well, y'all. this week's episode of the get well podcast i'm tanisha matthews and i am kelly carboning woods and we are here live on the scene (laughs) in the studio we haven't been in the studio for a while i know y'all been listening to episodes but we record them in bulk and so we have not recorded in a few weeks and that's why sometimes y'all may hear stuff and be like this is old this is old news that's why it's it's fake news that's what they say (laughs) on tv (laughs) But anyway, it's not fake. Um, it's just old. There's a difference. I want to shout out all the people listening to the podcast right now on the toilet because I've been getting a lot of people <laughs> telling me that's when they listen to it when they're in the bathroom. And I'm glad that you trust us to be there with you <laughs> during that sacred and special time of elimination. Um, we are here today with my friend and teacher. She that's like a joke we have. She my teacher, Keisha Battles. With the S, but it can sound like a Z if you're really in the streets. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> Tell the people who you are and what it is that you do. Hi, everybody. I'm Keisha Battles. I am a full-time yoga teacher and a mother of two. Uh, 
quit my job about five years ago and been doing the yoga thing full-time, housewife part-time, trying to be um, a good Samaritan in the world. Part, wait a minute. You said housewife part-time? Part-time. What does that mean? You only cook for your husband like on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? <laughs> yes, because Friday's takeout, <laughs> Tuesday's takeout, Thursday's takeout, part-time. Yes. But the food be there. The food be there, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I might cook it, might buy it, but the food is there. Okay. Yes, It's part-time. all full-time to me. That's all I'm like. Part-time. <laughs> It'd be different if they didn't eat on certain days. Then that's part-time. I'm going to tell you why Keisha said part-time. Okay. Because last week, I, so I take a yoga private from Keisha on Mondays. Not every Monday, just on the Mondays that work for us. Okay. And she going to come out her mouth and tell me she taught 25 classes last week. What? Yes. yes. 25 yoga classes. Woo. In four days, yes. That's 50 what? hours of work, basically, because you got 30 minutes before class, 30 minutes after class, the class about an hour. Driving to it. Driving yeah. to it, yes. yeah. I understand. That's about six. So that's why the housework is part-time. Gotcha. My husband right. will be glad that I admit it. It's part-time. <laughs> um, I do put some things on the back burner in regards to teaching yoga and being every place. So I'm working to balance that out a little bit. Okay. So we ask all of our guests the same beautiful question. What is wellness to you, Keisha? Wellness is clarity and peace of mind through all the chaos that occurs. You can tell by my schedule. I teach 20 classes, have the husband, have the kids. Also have an aging mother, a sister that has mental health issues. Mm. So for me, wellness is just having a clear state of mind in whatever I'm dealing with. I can be in a courthouse representing my sister. I could be um, with my husband arguing about finances, but always having that clear state of mind of, what the end result is, what the game is, and ideally it's just to live and enjoy what I have here on this earth, this day, this time, this moment. So that's wellness for me, clear mm-hmm. state of mind. Mm-hmm. That was deep, digging mm-hmm. deep. <laughs> no, thank you. Yes. Um, so you mentioned that you quit your job. Why would you leave your corporate security for this yoga path? <sighs> uh, five years, this is year six. Mm. It all started when I had a change in management and I sat down with my temporary manager and her exact words were, your calm demeanor gives us a sense that you don't have an urgency for the work. My calm demeanor gives them a sense that I don't have an urgency for the work. And I'm in the IT profession. So, you know, computer blows up, everybody jumps. But Keisha's like, it'll be okay. No big deal. We'll fix it. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of twisted people the wrong way. Me bringing my yoga mat and going to yoga during lunch break twisted people the wrong way. And then I just had the opportunity to take a package. I jumped out on faith and said, I'm going to take this package and see where it takes life. I didn't plan to teach yoga full time. It just kind of worked that way. Another yoga teacher was teaching full time. She had lost her job. And then just the universe worked where she found a full time job. And I just started teaching her classes. I always had this vision that when I left that job, I'd sit on the couch and eat bonbons, go to the (laughs) movies by myself. It never happened. I continued to work like constantly, kind of like what I was used to. I was used to having a Blackberry on my hip, an iPhone in my hand, my laptop, traveling all across the country, around the world. So teaching 20 yoga classes in four days is kind of nothing for you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. Why yoga? Oh, (laughs) why yoga? Uh, Yoga was a to-do in my Franklin Covey planner probably about Mm. 10 years ago. 
I started practicing yoga maybe a year before my oldest, before getting pregnant with my oldest. And it really just stems from a background in Asian studies. I have a master's degree in Asian studies, studied the Gita, studied various other um, Asian philosophies, Taoism, um, Buddhism, Confucianism. And then that's what kind of led me to yoga. Wow. My husband had an extra year. I'm smarter than him. Um, <laughs> he had an extra year, so I needed Shade. something to do while um, <laughs> I lived in New Jersey. And I said, I'm going to sign up for a yoga class and go to yoga once a week. And it was just a task, something to do. And then when I moved to Charlotte, had a big hiatus, um, had a second child. We moved down here because my dad was ill. He had a series of strokes, so completely took yoga off of my path. And then I bumped into a, or connected with a person who became my best friend. And she had one of those deep conversations with me like, so where do you want to be in the next seven years? What do you want to do with your life? And I just opened up a planner and I had a post-it note and it said, be a yoga teacher. So I said, I guess I want to be a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. And everything from there just kind of went uphill, uphill, uphill and continues to go uphill. Wow. So at this point, you're running your teacher trainings here in Charlotte. Yes. I run a teacher training program through the YMCA. It's the first one led by an african-american woman so i'm very proud of that you're the beyonce of teacher training so basically basically i'm, I'm trying to be right. trying to be <laughs> no um, you are we <laughs> also have it at stratford richardson ymca which is in the west end west boulevard that was one of my intentions is to bring yoga to um, the african-american community the underserved communities that the ymca supports i also have an independent training program where Folks that don't have a traditional schedule can connect with me and we build the program based upon their needs, whether they work full time or don't work during the day, have weekend schedules. So I've graduated three ladies out of that program and the group program will graduate six ladies in May. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to your commitment to the underserved populations in Charlotte, Mecklenburg. Where does that come from? I mean, like, what do you mean? Black people don't do yoga anyway. Keisha, what are you talking about? I have to be honest. It wasn't my intention. I signed up for a teacher training program and I was one of 13 people of color in the program. And the teacher said, you all have to do a research paper, choose a topic. And I just said, okay, yoga in the African-American community. Sounded good. And I went on this exploration of that and identified several black yoga teachers throughout the country, including my guru who I've been with for over seven years, Maya Brewer. And through that research, it was just evident that there are tons of black people out there doing yoga. It just hasn't been documented. We're not in the public eye. And then also I looked at all the various reasons why we're not doing yoga, such as you know sweating out our hair, um, it costs too much, uh, the locations that it's in, and what they see in the magazines, white women doing yoga. So I looked at all those various reasons. I even did research where I was traveling around the country for work and I'd go to different yoga studios just to get a feel and literally do a count, kind of like how my grandmother used to do on TV, counting the number of black people she would see. Mm-hmm. So I would count the number of black people in classes and I identified a trend. And surprisingly, I know I said that we don't want to sweat out our hair, but the one style of yoga that had the most amount of African-Americans was Bikram yoga, which is a hot style practice of yoga. But I think it's more because it's a disciplined practice. You're focusing on yourself, not necessarily who's around you. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why black folks are drawn to that. I feel like Bikram, too, is uh, in terms of like cost, it's not the same uh like the prices, the price structure is different at Bikram Studios. Like, like any time, like when I lived in D.C., it was not that expensive to like get a membership the same way you would a gym, and then they have classes all day, so you could just go at any time of day. Where, like here in Charlotte, yoga classes are really made around white people's schedules. They are, they really are. 
They really are. You're correct, though, with that. And that's part of um, Bikram's way of doing things in marketing. They offer you 30 classes, 30 days of classes for $30. Mm. So they make it accessible. They get you to see the benefits of it, the physical benefits from the breathing, from moving your body. And that's what gets you hooked versus all the variety that we have here in Charlotte and in other markets. Right. We don't really have Bikram here, do we? No. We have Bikram in Lake Norman. There was a Bikram studio over... um, on Park Road, but they closed. They lost their lease, so they no longer offer official. Because hot I was yoga. thinking, I, I'm not familiar with Bikram because I don't, like you said, I didn't think there were a lot of studios here that have it. Bikram's a dying practice, or the name Bikram's dying. It's turning into more Hot 26. Mr. Bikram's one of the folks that got caught up with ethics of yoga and um, teaching and touching the women that oh. he practiced with. So I believe he's somewhere running in um, Mexico. At the moment. Yeah, because <laughs> yes. he's supposed to be literally, in jail. literally. Yeah, literally. He, yes. they found him guilty, and he's oh. supposed to go to jail, and he owed money. Okay, because he also sued people for using the name without paying Bikram. him franchise. Not just the name, but like the sequencing. He said he owned the sequencing, and okay, but the court said no, you don't. So he just had some money troubles. Mm-hmm. There's a there's actually a yoga documentary um, where they attempt to interview him. But, he's running. He's like, no, it was you. before he like had to face charges. But but basically he wears like a small type uh, underpants. Speedo. Type, speedo mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the time, even when he's not teaching, <laughs> apparently. And he has a smaller amount of hair than he probably used to have that he puts into a ponytail, a high ponytail up here. A little I like bun. the way she said Stevie that. Wonder-ish. A smaller a little, amount. A little, yeah, it's real said. Stevie Wonderish. <laughs> okay. If you know what I mean. And then... He during the interview, the guy like said, like he thinks it's like going to be a beneficial interview for him. But then in the middle, the guy asked him about the allegations and he literally has the microphone clipped to his speedo and he like gets mad and like rips it off and like leaves wow. and tells the guy to leave. Wow. But but I know people who like I know a lot of people who are even trained to teach Bikram and felt like his legacy isn't necessarily connected to the practice, which, I mean, he don't own the poses. The court said that. but Right. Do you enjoy teaching more or do you enjoy, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Do you enjoy teacher training more or actual teaching your classes? I enjoy training teachers. And I think that stems from my classes because I like to teach you how to do yoga in my mm-hmm. classes as opposed to just instructing you how to do yoga. Mm. So teaching, training, Training teachers to teach yoga just allows me to talk more. Um, okay. I'm realizing that I am more of a talker than I used to be. A couple of years ago, I attended one of Kelly's workshops on the yamas and niyamas, our ethical code of yoga. And the first one I think we started with was Satya. And she connected with me during a time in which I needed to speak my voice. And that was dealing with a lot of stuff that was going on with my sister being diagnosed with a mental illness, um, as well as legal problems that surfaced from that. And just through that workshop, I found myself being more vocal in regards to my pain and what I was feeling. And by sharing that pain or what I was going through, it opened up so many other doors, people connecting with me on Facebook about the situation, about what they're going through with their family members. And it just opened up this like, can of worms in me so now I feel like I just like to talk and you'll have to stop me from talking yoga stuff (laughs) all Um, the time so explain Satya for people who are listening that may not know Satya is one of our yamas uh, principle on how we um, act in the world with ourselves and others and pretty much it's righteous truth speaking your truth 
but also understanding that your truth can harm others. So I'll give the example of myself. I've always been the type of, it's not that big of a deal that you crashed my car. It's not that big of a deal that you stole money from me. Mm -hmm. It's not that big of a deal that you canceled lunch. No big deal. So by not speaking the truth, I'm harming myself Mm -hmm. because it's bottling up in me, causing me to think other things, pulling back into past issues that might not even deal with the current issue. But if I decide to voice that in a negative manner, like, Kelly, you didn't do this and you made me feel this way, it projects harm on her. So it's finding the right way of speaking so that your words, thoughts, and actions are um, conscious for yourself and others. And you learned that in yoga. I did learn that in yoga. Mm-hmm. I really did. Yeah. Learned that in yoga. For people who think, you know, that it's just about the poses, because a lot of people don't understand it's way it's beyond much the poses. deeper. Yes, it's way beyond the poses, and it's way beyond the words. It's what I think. So as I drive throughout Charlotte and try to connect, um, service is a big component of mine. As I pull up to the person at the stoplight that's asking for money, my mind can go, well, they can get out there and teach 20 classes a week if they really wanted to, or they put themselves in that situation. But changing my mind frame to say, um, there's a reason they're there. There's a reason I'm here. If I have, I can give. You're going to go to yoga heaven just based on that. I hope so. I hope so. And that, that's surprising. <laughs> no, that's surprising, too, because I never, before yoga or before this phase of yoga with me, I really wasn't religious. Didn't think about connecting to the vine, going to heaven. Um, I went through a phase of being atheist, agnostic, Buddhist, um, what Big Bang Theory, all that stuff, but never claimed religion. I still don't, but I do have a better awareness that something put me on this earth to live to live in this domain that they have control over. I have no control over it, and I need to make the best of it each and every day. So right now it's raining as hell. Um, I'd rather be home doing my little nap, but a friend of mine tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, come do this podcast. So <laughs> I looked at it completely Her different. Her exact response was, I don't want to, but if you need me if to, you, I will. If you I need me, I'll be there. Um, we do. We need Mrs. you. The people need to Stella. hear <laughs> Mrs. Stella, one of the ladies at the Y, um, Every time I walk in, she always greets me. Beautiful greeting. Blessing, sister. But she'll say about the rain, she'll say, enjoy that liquid sunshine. Mm. And it's just the perspective that we put on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if most people were to delve deeper into the practice, like beyond the physical part of yoga, they, whatever they believe in, they would see how the practice would deepen that for them. Or like provide, like you said in the beginning, the type of wellness that's based in clarity. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, a lot of people are just confused about life in general, or they're like floating along without a specific intention and they can't figure out why that brings about suffering. And it's like, yeah, there are things that you may never understand, but if you're not waking up with a decided intention for yourself, to me, you're basically saying you don't care what happens. Like you don't, you don't care and you aren't, um, you aren't connected to the impact that your existence has on everything around you. Very true. So like, so when people say to me like, well, can you come teach a 30 minute stretching session? Uh, now I always say no, because that's not yoga for me. And not to say that stretching isn't a part of yoga, but in some ways it's like uh, demeaning to the practice to think that it's just, can you touch your toes? Like, well, that that's a good thing to be able to do, but can you 
hear a thing that's negative or that you view as negative and still navigate it with a place of like ease and gratitude. That's more yoga to me than, you know, Lord Dancer. But you're yes, yes. <laughs> that, that's very valid. Um, like Pincha. Very valid. I come from the, I guess, school of every little bit counts. Right. So at some of my YMCAs, we teach yoga, but we title it Deep Stretch in order to get people in the door. And I had one lady that came to class. She really enjoyed deep stretch. And everyone else is raving, saying, you got to come to Wednesday's class. And she says, Wednesday, that says yoga. And I turned to her and I said, ma'am, you've been doing yoga all along in this class. I just didn't call it yoga. And I think that's applicable to everything that we do in life. Like this podcast is yoga. This is Fatyaya. This is self-study us talking to one another, learning from one another. The people that listen to this podcast, they're looking for something that's going to aid them on their journey or compare themselves on their journey. So this is doing yoga. This mm-hmm. is self-study. Mm-hmm. She broke that all the way down. So right now you're doing yoga and you didn't even know it. Nope. Nope. Now some people going to turn it off. They passed the told not to do yoga. And now we got them in here. Doing yoga. yoga. Mm -hmm. Calling your girlfriend to complain about your husband and her giving you a different perspective, that's self-study, that's yoga. Pulling out your Bible, reading your Bible, understanding your Bible, going to Bible study, that's yoga. It's just different tools and what we use or call those tools. So one of the things I have in my self-care package is um, I used to do dance. This is like middle school, um, and it's the story I always will throw at my mother. Um, we moved to North Carolina when I was in middle school, and I was the next year supposed to be on point shoes with ballet. But we moved down to North Carolina, so I had this big um, resistance to being here. But that's always been something in me, wanting to dance and be a dancer. I'm a wallflower. So, you know, in the beginning, you're like, I heard she was hip. I'm the wallflower. <laughs> I'll chill and post up the wall. I'm old school, um, backspin, that mm-hmm, type of mm-hmm. person. But I've always wanted to really just be free with myself and learning how to dance and to move. So when I see people like are doing Zumba, Soka Fit, um, Mixed Fit, all that stuff, it's yoga. They're moving their bodies. That's mm-hmm, the main intention. Mm-hmm. They're just not calling the poses that we're calling in yoga. That's deep stuff. Thank you, ma'am. So does your whole family do yoga? <laughs> does my whole family do yoga? So Toby Jr., he will be 16 in August. He will sit in full lotus as he plays video games. If I say, oh, you're doing yoga, he's like, oh, mom, get out of here. And that's the pose where you're crossing your legs and your heels are on opposite hip. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah, he is 11. He can do one hand, handstands, scorpion poses, backflips. Um, but to call it yoga, uh, they, they don't take on that title. I used to drag them around town all the time because I taught kids yoga in the beginning. Mm. And then as they aged, my tolerance for other people's kids changed. So they've been exposed to it enough that they know it. Um, what I get from them is when I walk in the door, it's, how is yoga? Fine. How many people? Um, this many people. Or if I took class, was their class as good as yours, mommy? Uh, no, and then they'll just go about their way. <laughs> she ain't lying. Uh, but she ain't lying. the way that yoga really does show up, not physical for them, is their demeanor, their attitude. I know I'm not supposed to touch table, but I want to knock on wood. Um, my kids are the lowest thing on the totem pole in regards to my stressors, my energy. I had a woman last week say, 
I follow you on Facebook, and I really have no clue of how you find time to take care of your kids. And at first, I step back and like, ooh, she's right. Barely home. I'm always doing <laughs> things on the weekends. Da 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 da. Mm-hmm. But when I take a step back, I think it's a a testament to the yoga and how I carry my life. They are the chillest kids in the world. Their focus is going to school because dad instills that in them. School is your job. That's your main priority. And then, um, what are we having for dinner? Mm-hmm. What are we having for dinner? And then when I come in, I'll say, Hey guys, you want to do anything? Let's make it a chill day, mom. Let's rest today. Or if I'm driving and, you know, the yoga show doesn't hold you every place. If I'm driving and someone cuts me off and I start doing my flipping the birds and my imaginary cursing in the air, my oldest will cross his hand across the steering wheel. He'll do the he'll blue say, ivy on you. He'll say, breathe. <laughs> breathe, mom. Or serious mom. Come on, mom. Breathe, mom. Oh, so they great. are the chillest thing I have. Um, yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. And then my husband... Uh, he's paid for yoga training. I don't think he realizes how much money he's paid for yoga. But to <laughs> stretch him, to help him when his back's hurting from working all day at the office, mm-hmm. he's tense from dealing with people. Nope, not at all. I actually pay someone to come in and do massage on him mm-hmm. when I could kind of do it myself. But, um, yeah, yeah, no. Once in a while he'd be like, can you do that stretching thing? But surprisingly, he's good at it. He'll come and stretch me in the evening. Uh, okay. Very observant. Yes. That's, that's awesome. Great. That's because mm-hmm. you're a good teacher. You yes. taught him how to teach. Yes, yes. That's yes. cool. Let me tell you about Keisha. She teach at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning on Wednesdays. Mm. The sun don't even be up. Ooh. And it'll be like, you'll go through like one little sequence, and you'll be like, oh, that's great. And then she'll be like, oh, okay, now we're about to do it again and add something. And she's going to do that like five times. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's like a very gentle a way of working out your body because she's a good teacher she has like she's paid for so much training and gone to classes and they've been practicing for a long time and she's not like an instant yoga teacher of like she took one two hour training and then now she tried to teach all the kinds of yogas no she like she done been to the the subtle the restorative the prenatals the like all the things so you actually never know what type of torture she might pull out of her. No, it's not torture, but it's not torture. It's gentle body loving. She might use the wall. She might have you in a headstand. You might fall out there. Do you like working with beginners? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I always have beginners because my main um, place that I teach at is the YMCA. Mm -hmm. So you always have beginners. Even if a class doesn't say it's beginner ready, you'll get beginners in there. So it's always my intention to teach to that beginner level because I want you to come back. Um, makes sense. You know, yoga's great for you. I want you to get those benefits. But then also there is a business side of yoga and I need you to come back to class. Mm-hmm. I need to have numbers in my class to continue to grow the programs, to get props that we might need, um, blankets for people's knees and things of that sort. So it's always a goal to get people to come back. And when you have beginners that come into your class, I know you said you like to talk. So do you explain the poses to them? I'm asking you this because I had a client that came and we were discussing and she was saying she went to a yoga class. She was like, but it was a beginner class and they were calling out poses, but I don't, I don't know the poses. Like if I'm a beginner, how am I supposed to know the poses? And I was like, oh, that's a great question. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I'll break down postures. Um, People that know the postures, they'll just have to hold them longer. Sometimes I use them as models. 
Um, but I do have to give credit to one of the places I teach at. It's called Core Power Yoga. They're fairly new here in Charlotte, and they're a chain. I actually resisted teaching there because of that chain and corporate aspect of it. But what they've taught me is something called intelligent sequencing, and it goes to what Kelly said. Teach something once the first time so people can get it, and then you repeat it at the faster pace or without as much direction and detail. So you're setting people up for success, and that's the key. You want to set people up for success. Why? Because you want them to come back in your doors. Mm. Yes. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think that you're making an impact on the West Side? Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, West Side for me is Betty's Ford Road because there's the other West Side, Tuckasegee, which is West West Side. So I'm Northwest Side, but definitely on Betty's Ford Road. I have a program at Friendship Missionary Baptist Church that's been going on for over five years. We started with one class. We've changed to three classes. And the majority of those people don't even live on Betty's Ford Road. They've come from all over Charlotte just to support the program that we have there. Um, we have mothers come in with children. We have seniors come into the program. I've even had um, some Hispanics come into the program that don't even speak English, but they feel so welcome and invited into the program that they um, continue to join us. Um, success for me is walking down Betty's Ford whenever I'm having car trouble and I say I'm going to walk or I'm going to take the bus and people notice me as the yoga lady or the yoga master. And they may not even taking classes with me, so having that presence. I have people bring me books about yoga and they don't even practice yoga. I have people bring me food. It's just very communal, I think, what it's creating for me on the West Side, a sense of community that we all do this practice. It's beneficial for us. And we're supportive of one another, specifically at Friendship, where you talk about beginners. I'll have people, because I'm a I'm a late person. I'm a last-minute person. I was shocked that I beat Kelly here, um, but I'm a last-minute person. So if class starts at 9 o'clock, I might show up at 8.59. Um, don't tell people that, but I might start <laughs> at 8.59. And I always have someone say, Keisha, we have someone new. Let me introduce you to this new person so that I'm aware and that I can bring them up to speed. And I have people, they'll bring their husbands in. They, they, want, they see how it's helping them. The yoga's helping them. So they bring other people in and they just keep referring people. And that's how all of the programs on the West Side have been going for me is people just keep referring more people. You have to take Keisha's class, come into Keisha's class. And I think it's because I make it accessible. So if the class is vinyasa, which you're flowing and going, and someone shows up and they can't even get on the floor, I completely remix the class. It's still going to be a vinyasa, but the person that cannot get on the floor, they're going to enjoy themselves and be able to come back, experience it and say, okay, I was welcomed, I was invited. And then it opens up more space for other people that have conditions that I might not be aware of or just the option might just suit them better. So Mm -hmm. earlier in the podcast, you said that you don't consider yourself to be a religious person. How do you end up at friendship? (laughs) That was, uh, hmm, how did I end up Because somebody's going to be thinking that. Um, friendship was just location like what's on the west side or what's on Betty's Ford Road I would walk with some of the folks from the Y we would do walks from McCrory YMCA to Johnson C. Smith during certain challenges which is like a three miles one way six miles round trip and I would just notice what space was out there because at first it was like oh I want to open up my own yoga studio and it can be here and I just started looking at all the spaces and probably about like 15 churches on Betty's Ford Road mm-hmm. and um, my best friend at the time she was like why don't you try friendship and I called them up and they said you know we used to have yoga here several years ago but it stopped I hate that I don't know the name of the woman or I never encountered her because I'd really be curious about her involvement um, with bringing yoga to the west side but I called them and they said um, yeah we'd love to have yoga here and they charge me nothing they charge me nothing to use that rental space uh, classes the first class is free 
and then it's $5 afterwards, but they charge me nothing to be in that space. So what I try to do is give back by having the first class free for folks that can come. For people that can't afford to pay, still show up, no big deal. And then we do a lot of um, karma or service. So this month, um, some of the classes, the proceeds are going towards the Black Yoga Teacher Alliance Conference. They have a yoga as a peace practice coming up in August. So it's my goal that I can support someone local from Charlotte to come. Um, just like last year, we did a fundraiser for the Black Yoga Teacher Alliance so that someone could go to their conference um, in July of last year. So I'm always able to kind of give those funds back in some form of fashion. Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up at Friendship. And I was the person to go to the conference the last year on scholarship. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was very mm-hmm. wonderful. I felt so grateful. It was like was going awesome. to a black yoga. It was like going to a family reunion where mm-hmm. you know some of the people, but not all the people, but y'all all family. So yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. so once you get to know them, you'd be like, oh, yeah, you my cousin. Right. <laughs> yes. That's super yes. dope. Mm-hmm. That's super dope that you give back in that way. Where do you see yourself in five years from now? Five years from now, I see myself in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, That's my kind of destination. It's where my husband's company is headquartered. But honestly, five years from now, I see myself as the full-time housewife. That is is my goal, um, to be the full-time housewife. The kids will be a little bit more grown, but I, I don't like to be morbid about things, but life has been really good with its ups and downs. Life has been really good. I probably have three key moments in life that if I didn't have to go any further, I would be good. So I can see myself slowing the pace down. I've always been at the go, go, go. There's a part of me that's yearning for the just solid, the solitude to kind of hide. Um, Even with teaching 20 classes a week, I always have to stop and say, do I really want to do this? I just want to lay on the couch and eat bonbons and pull the covers over my head and just not be engaged. But stuff just keeps pulling me out into the world. so like last week when Kelly was at the house and she was like, yeah, so-and-so needs to be on the podcast. I went like this in my mind and pulled my hood over my head like, please don't look at me. Please don't think of bringing me on that podcast because then that's just going to create more of something else. You know, I'm always trying to kind of hide a little bit, no, that but I keep sense. getting I get pulled it. back. Mm-hmm. So, But five years from now, goal seriously is to be that housewife and have the... Uh, in Rhode Island? In Rhode Island, have the little yoga space and teach one class a week. Or two classes a week, or Keisha. like my teacher who's Keisha. in Rhode Island. Yes, ma'am. One or two classes a week. But yes, but that's yoga because then that would allow me just to do other things. Like if I weren't teaching yoga, I'd be at the blood bank. I'd be de- okay. giving out food, delivering meals. Say, you're gonna get there. You're gonna be like, I'd be oh, cleaning up the environment. Classes? I'd okay. be reading to kids. I'd be doing all that other service stuff that I okay. add on as I guess a quarter time <laughs> job, um, but just serving in the yoga capacity because it, it's it's a lot of work and my mind's constantly churning. I'm like constantly, like Kelly said. I'm trying this yoga, that, it just, I can't stop. It's like constantly just, my mind is always spinning yoga. Like, I'll try to suppress it, but I could flip anything into yoga. Girl, mm. you're doing yoga right now. <laughs> I don't want to preach it too much, but I, I want to slow the mind down, slow the pace down. So I'll give you an example, right? This weekend, we were supposed to be on a trip with my oldest son, youngest son, Elijah. We were going to Atlanta, and last minute, the trip was canceled. So my yoga has me calm, cool, no big deal. So what I paid this money and took this time off, I'm not stressed. It's like, okay, I have a free weekend. Um, What am I going to do with that weekend? And initially it was like, okay, see what events are going on, fill the space, ask the kids what to do. But then it became a weekend of actually doing nothing. And I forgot how good that feels. Mm -hmm. It really felt nice. And it created a space for me and my husband that I don't always have. Like we went to the mall and got 
pedicures like three o'clock on a Friday. And then from there, we sat up and watched movies. And I'm normally asleep by 10 o'clock because I get up at five o'clock. So it just created this space and it felt good. So I want to connect with that open space a little bit more. Is your husband more like you or like complete opposite of you? He will say we are the same, which is true because we're both Geminis. Um, my birthday is June 5th. This is the 14th. I see us completely different, but I think we are the same. But we're completely different Geminis. I'm the calm, even-keeled person. He's the very direct, to-the-point person. He's the person that maintains, I guess when I say uh, finances, he maintains finances in regards to these are plans for the future. We have a kid that's growing older. He's going to need to go to college. He's going to need a car, those things where I'm kind of like, oh, let's live for today. Right. The lights are paid and the house is paid for. So, uh, yeah, let's go to Aruba, that type of thing. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, I got mm-hmm. you, I got you. He won't hold his tongue. I'll hold my tongue. You're super dope for that. Thank you. Because you ain't holding nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, we're coming to the end of our time because Tanisha got to take you through a little fun thing. Um, tell people how they could connect with you if they want to take teacher training or find out about your class schedule. Or I have a website. It's www.keishabattles.com and that's K-I-E-S-H-A. Also on Facebook, my business name is I Am Yoga, so you can connect to me there. And on Instagram, which Kelly recently got me to connect to, I Am Yoga CLT. Awesome. No, I'm not going to explain it because it's your name. This is where you add. I, I did listen to one. No, I listened to one and a half. I listened to Candace Jennings, who's one of my trainees. I had to listen to Candace. And I listened to a part of Amani Murray, who's one of my teachers. And I think the part I heard was you were asking her a round of questions. Yes, I was going to explain it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Choose one or the other. Yes. yes. So, yes, I'm going to give you some questions. You have to choose one. It's called Quick Pick, so you're supposed to do it quickly. But I do like when I stump people because okay. it makes me feel really smart. We'll start with something easy, though. Would you rather have chap lips all the time or dandruff all the time? Dandruff. Would you rather pop a molly or do a line of cocaine? Molly? You answered it like you had to think about it. (laughs) Cocaine's a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather have all of your clothes fit perfectly or have the most luxurious sheets, pillows, and blankets ever made? Ooh, luxurious sheets, pillows, bed, napping Mm. is my go to that's her jam yes (laughs) would you rather eat a spoonful of wasabi or a spoonful of tabasco sauce wasabi that stuff is hot i don't know how you can eat it would you rather live without hot water or live without a washing machine without a washing machine okay would you rather move to a new city every six months or never be able to leave charlotte again move to another city every six months wear a wedding dress every day or wear a bathing suit every day bathing suit Okay, and last but not least, would you rather marry Donald Trump or wake up next to a dead body? Stumped her. Yes. Wake up to a dead body. Okay. Thank you so much for coming in today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Mm Bye-bye. Thank y'all for listening.
connect with us online at www.revolutionego.com or on Instagram at Get Well Podcast. This week's episode of the Get Well Podcast is sponsored by an old favorite under a new name. Olive and Aloe is now O and A every day. They're on some new year, new them. They're back with three cents, Soothe, which is the lavender blend, Soul, which is frankincense and myrrh, and Sands, which is unscented. The same love is being poured into each bottle by Vanessa as she loves on her family, herself, and her community. Log on to O and A every day to check out all that's new and all that's familiar. This week's episode of the Get Well Podcast is sponsored by Eris Dion Skin Studios. Are you unhappy with your skin? Could it be a little bit more vibrant? Do you just want to treat yourself to some self-care through a facial? Then head on over to Eris Dion Skin Studios. Her natural skincare line is carefully curated with high-quality oils, hydrosols, herbs, and clays. They're sourced directly from organic farms and distilleries. The products are 100% natural, and they will help get your skin exactly where you need it to be. Arist is offering rejuvenating facial treatments in a setting that is sure to remind you of your worth, give you a sense of peace, and offer you a level of relaxation that we all deserve. So head on over, make your appointment, and visit www.aristdion.com. <laughs> 